Devin and Morgana have been celebrating midlife love by getting married a hundred times in a hundred countries. They believe grown-up love gets better and more fun, especially for women. Everyone's smarter, wiser. Men are more relationship-ready. And if they're not, it's obvious. Forget anything you were told about being too old or too late for love and adventure. Instead, get fresh new tips on dating, relating, and travel to exotic destinations. And best of all, call in for personal guidance, creating crazy, sexy midlife love in your life. Hola, muchachos. This is Morgana with my husband, Devin. For those of you who are just joining us, we are midlife crazy in love, getting married a hundred times in a hundred countries. We just got back from San Miguel, Mexico. I am wearing a Mexican shirt and Mexican earrings from San Miguel. What are you doing, Devin? Uh, None of that. But I do want to at least say (laughs) at the beginning that I speak, but please go on. All right. Uh, Thank you. Yes, you do. Uh, It is I guess Latino Heritage Month in the United States. So the Ah. timing is perfect. And we were in San Miguel leading my 10th ultimate money goddess immersive retreat with a handful of amazing world-changing women leaders, which is my favorite thing in the world to do. And I've done nine of them in Bali, but this is my first time doing it in Mexico. So it has a different flavor and I'm in that post retreat malaise of missing my women. So I invited them onto the show this week to have a mini money goddess reunion. And before we bring them in, let me tell you a little bit about these incredible people. So let me get my notes up. All right. Uh, we have Christiane Cole. Christiane has been a top project manager in technology for decades, and she has turned around these toxic teams and shifted energy patterns to increase company earnings by hundreds of millions of dollars. That's, so a, that's a lot of dough. Yeah. And and the fun thing is that these companies can't figure out why they start multiplying their money as soon as she comes on board. And they'll hire all these expensive consultants to try to figure out what's going on. But it's really, Christiane, not only is she really good at all that left brain management stuff, but she sees the energy and the patterns and she knows how to shift it every single time. So she's, she's you're going to be meeting her tonight. Then we have spiritual mentor, coach, and innovator, Anna Gottman, who was born in Israel and worked as a fashion model in Paris before discovering her spiritual calling, which is helping change makers nurture their cause, their passion, their dedication, and self-care. Anna is a TEDx talk speaker and the author of Living a Spiritual Life in a Material World. And last but not least, we have clay whisperer Lucy Lacoste, who is an art gallery owner in Massachusetts. After years as a ceramic artist herself, she discovered that her gift wasn't making the art. 
What she's really good at is being the matchmaker who intuitively connects art collectors to the ceramic pieces that speak to their souls. So we have a bunch of super smarty, intuitive, powerful women with us today. And let's let's bring them into the room so everybody can meet them. Hey, ladies. Hello. Hi. Hi. So, oh, my God, it is so beautiful to see your faces again. <laughs> I really literally miss you so much. And you were in the only retreat where Devin was a part of it. So, but I was a small. You were, you know. Oh, no, you, you were significant. Well, you thank held you. the container for us all, first of all. And then you topped it off with magic at the end. So you were significant. Well, I'm glad to hear that. But good yes. to see you. So where I want to start for the benefit of our audience, because, yeah, there is an audience. Otherwise, we could be here for six hours. But we're only here for an hour. And so for the audience who has maybe hasn't been to San Miguel de Allende before, and this was your first time there, too, uh, so what did you think of San Miguel? It was gorgeous. You can't believe how magical the place was to begin with. Everything, um, had an old flavor. It wasn't modern at all. You felt like you stepped back in time and the people there were so gracious and lovely. Um, me personally, I don't speak Spanish, so I, took my Google translator with me and everybody was so sweet about letting me type out what I needed to know and they type up their responses. And it just, it made me feel very welcomed. Oh, that's beautiful. I, I, I'll, I'll be honest. I thought if I never go to Mexico in my life, I'm not going to miss anything. <laughs> I mean, truthfully, just because the, the, what happened after a week was so in contrast of that. So as as Christian said, a beautiful, uh, beautiful old town. Um, people are so gracious and so generous. They, they, you, you greet people. You walk down the streets and anyone uh, says hi to you. And is, um, it's such a cosmopolitan place. And I left after having seen the street art, the food scene, which is amazing. And if you don't know it, you can always buy me with a good, good, good meal. <laughs> so in San Miguel, the food scene was incredible. The street art was amazing. And I just left touched by the history, the culture, the beauty, the struggle and the strength of the Mexican people there. I was very, very touched and fell in love with San Miguel. Of the three of you, I was thinking, Anna, that you're the one I would put put money on as as most likely to move to San Miguel. You're you're you know, you're not mistaken. By the end it was like <laughs> I could have stayed there and started a life there and never come back to my life. And I told my spouse who came at the end of the retreat, he came for five days and we celebrated our thirty first anniversary there. I, I said, when are we moving there? It's like I want a month where our kids come with their partners. And we spent a month and we see, you know, we, we saw a fraction of the street art that there is there. So definitely going back for sure. 
I saw the wheels in your brain working when you were asking about fires and earthquakes when we were on the art walk. <laughs> All the things that you've been dealing with in California. Just, yes. yeah. yeah. Okay. Completely, yeah. Yeah, it was amazing. Really amazing. Lucy, how about you? Hey, I always wanted to go to San Miguel. Ah. For a variety of reasons. And so that was the thing that really made it work. I mean, it was you and San Miguel and it just sort of all lined up. So if it had been in Bali, I probably wouldn't have chosen to come like I did. It just, it just was a magnet for me and totally loved uh, the art, the food, the history. And in terms of the art, it was just everywhere in the parks, uh, the murals, like Anna was saying, uh, People live with art there. They are. It's just in the It's just wonderful. And all the cobblestone streets. It's just embedded <laughs> in my heart and soul. It just sort of underscored the whole experience we had with you. I was excited about you coming because I know your art background and I knew that there'd be so much art for you to enjoy there. The cobblestones, I was a little nervous about. Because the city has earned the title, the city of fallen women, because it's not that easy to walk on. And I wanted to make sure everybody was safe. And I just really didn't know what your comfort level, any of you would be with those streets. And you, you, you were doing better than I was, all of you. The cobblestones were a special part of it. Yeah. They're beautiful, aren't they? Yeah. At night and everything. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, I didn't even know of San Miguel until you offered the retreat. That's how ignorant I was about it. And now I'm in love. So, hey. <laughs> and you've been trying to come to my retreat for years and you were the first one to sign up. So why did you want to come to my retreat? Why I in general wanted? Well, I, I've, I've followed you for quite a few years. I don't recall how I was introduced to you, but I got your book immediately. I did the process myself, the, the money monster, the money honey for a few years was really working on a daily basis in my meditation. You know, one of the, the beings I would talk to is my either I would call it my spiritual financial advisor or my money honey. Um, and following the advice and had turned my fi my finances around. I also did one coaching session with you once, and I just wanted to be in a goddess space with women and in a beautiful environment. And Mexico just felt easier for me than Bali. I, I don't know, as, as an Israeli, supposedly I can't go, but there is a way around it. But it just felt far. And with COVID, Mexico was just perfect. And then when I saw San Miguel in pictures, I said, oh, my God. I just, I, I fall for beauty. I fall for beauty. And, and San Miguel is such a beautiful place. Thank you. I'm, thank you. I just, all of you for sharing so much about San Miguel. And Christiane, what you shared about the, the Google app. What was it called? The app Google, that you? Google, Google Translator. Yeah, that's, that came in so handy for all of us gringos who don't speak Spanish. And it's just nice to know that, honestly, you can go anywhere in the world you want to go. Yeah. Having having an app like that, and you can communicate what you need to communicate. I think if you know how to say hello and thank you, 
you're pretty good to go in any country on earth. But for the specifics, like talking to the hotel that didn't speak Spanish, yeah, we really, really needed the Google Translate. Yeah. It just just shows how much technology is a part of all of our lives. And the more that we explore what can we do and what can we have, it's there. We just have to find it. Well, and that's, that's your wheelhouse, isn't it? Yeah, that's why I like to play in technology. There, there's no bounds. And if there are seemingly bounds right now, they will be surpassed because people are continually looking. Let's get past the limits. Let's find a way to do it. And there's always a way that you can do it. That's why I love it. It's never boring, always challenging, and it speaks to my heart. Well, I've noticed that you have that approach, I think, is just built into your DNA, even when you were hesitant to take the vaccine to to come, you found a solution that worked for you to do it safely. Yeah, because anything I do in life, I always look at what works with my integrity and my integrity isn't necessarily anybody else's. But for me, I was not a fan of the vaccine and I was going to avoid it at all costs. But then when this opportunity to go to your retreat came up and I wanted so badly to go, it's like, okay, you can either have something you want and find a way around what you don't want, or you can skip on an opportunity that's being presented to you on a silver platter. What are you going to do? And I didn't even hesitate. I knew I was going to find a way to have the vaccine work for me. And I did. Which begs the question, why did you want to come on the retreat? For me, um, I had been raised in a family around lack all my life. And I swore when I was a kid that I was always going to make a lot of money so that I would not be confronted with lack. And then later in my life, like about 10 years ago or so, I took on a challenge and an opportunity to start a new business in a new country and it failed. Mm -hmm. It did not do what I wanted it to do, which was to support itself. And I found myself uh, not just in lack, but I had spent everything that I had on this company to make it successful. And I had sold my house. I didn't have my job anymore. I had to start over. And I felt like I had done every, all the work that I could do internally with myself. And I knew I wanted to work with you at some point. When this opportunity came up, it was like, yes. I know that she is the source of the coaching that I needed to get to that last little bit that was hiding out for me because I knew it was hiding. I knew I could feel it within me that something didn't want to be known. And that was keeping me from finding my abundance and my, my, my manifestation abilities to their highest level that I wanted to go. And I was just willing to do anything I needed to do to do that. Did you get it? Darn right, I got it. Things have already started turning around. Yeah. Yay. Yeah, they really, really have. I I sold the property I told you about. Um, This is going to sound unbelievable, but I bought some Houston Lake property about, well, it was more than 20 years ago. Um, It was just such a bargain. I couldn't resist it. I knew it would turn around. And I've been holding on to it all this time with the intention that it be the last good lot, good buildable lot in a very upscale neighborhood and, uh, and sell it at the highest price possible. And it's the third last lot 
to sell, but um, the Houston area is in a very large property boom right now. And I sold it for the highest price anybody in the neighborhood has sold for. Yay. And I remember before the retreat, you were getting these lowball offers and your money, honey, was telling you to say no and sit tight. Yes, that's absolutely right. Uh, I got the first lowball offer and wasn't really tempted, but then there was all this silence for weeks. And like you said, I got like a half price offer, a quarter price offer. I'm like, I didn't want to, but I wondered, should I or shouldn't I? And my money, honey said, oh no, the the right one is coming. And my money, honey was the one that told me to price it above market, that it would appraise and to have faith. And I just kept going back to him time and time again. He said, no, hold out, have faith. And he was right. I got exactly what I wanted, actually a little bit higher than what I thought I would get. And then settlement, uh, instead of the $10,000 in settlement cost, they thought it was only $3,000. So I feel like I was gifted all around. It was, uh, yeah, yeah, your retreat was worth it for me, way (laughs) more than worth it. Oh, that's so cool. You know, we get tested. We get tested to have faith and stay the course. Like you can all relate to that, can't you? Absolutely. And Lucy, how about you? Why did you want to go on the retreat? That's a good question, Morgana. I wanted to go because I wanted to move into selling more expensive art objects. I wanted to be able to do that and be comfortable to do that. And so that's what propelled me. Because you kind of are the person who can explain why this thing is worth $15 $15 and this other thing is worth 5000 You understand all that, right? I'm one of the people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that's why I went. But I mean, I think what I got uh, was in a way, it was, it was so much more than that. It was different than that. And, and I'm sure, I mean, yes, I'm sure I'll be selling things easier. And I had a really huge... I don't know how many figures, one to five figure sale yesterday. That was really, it was not, it was like, it wasn't 20, it wasn't a huge, but anyway, that's yes. But I mean, it just, uh, it did so much more for me. I think, I mean, what it did for me was personal growth and uh, spirituality and removing blocks that I've had for eons going back, um, you know, centuries and so what it's done for me is just is give me bring me to a neutral playing field so that I can uh do all the things I want to do without so many impediments and for that I'm really grateful so Mm. what I got out of it was deeper than I imagined I mean I just sort of went on a a leap of faith and I think this this sounds really good Uh, anyway a leap of faith yeah while your husband is having a medical emergency and you've got a new assistant and like everything in the universe was conspiring to make it difficult for you to come and you came anyway right I mean that was half the test in itself I mean there were so many obstacles to overcome and 
Anna said it was easy, but for me, it wasn't. I mean, there were so many uh, forms uh, to fill out and tests and documentation. And then every other minute, something, a new emergency would happen. So I finally just got to the point where I just said, you know, if not now, when? You know, there's always going to be something. I'm I'm curious that, you know, when I met the three of you, you all seem like you really got on well. Was that was that my imagination or did you guys really sort of click as a group? We were a small group and I think we clicked really well. Yeah, we like our, our group. <laughs> everyone, but I think that we everyone is so supportive of each other. I mean, I think as Morgana said, we're each different. Uh Yet, I mean, we certainly had things in common, and um, yeah, we got along really, didn't we? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I feel that we had such care for each other when the other did the work. We were the the other two were so supportive. I mean, two of us took an entire day to get through <laughs> to the other side, um, but but it, it was such a um, caring it was like we're here for each other and we didn't know each other before and we are very different in our temperament and character and backgrounds and we were just very supportive of each other in in a in a quiet way you you had said it's the first retreat morgana that everyone's above 50 and i feel that there was a maturity in the group of just being there for each other in a quiet way uh that was very loving and I know for me, I went there looking for some close female companions because I um, I just look for that commonality, that, that spirituality, that um, strength of character. And I don't find it often. So I felt it immediately with Anna and with Lucy. It was obvious and I reached out and grabbed it while I could and I'm so grateful for not just the the San Miguel experiences but for the personal experiences because I got close to you Morgana and Devin you're such a sweetheart and you were our total support the whole time we were there and then these two women that uh, Morgana you said we were going to become sisters I really do feel a tight connection with you guys because we went through the same experiences together and we got to the other side and we were not going to let either one of us fail. We went in it as a triad and we came out it that way. That fills my heart so much. Yeah. Um, it's very common. It's, I see it a lot with clients. I've had that with my own experience that being a woman leader can be lonely there's uh, sometimes you feel like nobody is on your wavelength or understands you. Some people can be threatened if you're succeeding. And it's so critical and rare and special to have that kind of connection where you don't feel competitive. You feel invested in the success of the other women with you and you feel the same love and support coming to you really creates a sacred safe space. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. 
You know, what, what, what's, what stands out for me is um, something that, that's important for me to say. It's like, I, I, as I'd followed you and worked privately by myself with your teachings for so many years, um, and I've had, you know, I have a relationship for 33 years. I was able to change around my financial situation. I have a book out. I have a TEDx talk. It's like, you know, I, 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 I'm very lucky and I've worked very hard to be that lucky, as the saying goes. And yet, I was walking around with a lack of self-value. And I want to say it because there, there's so many women out there who are successful in different areas and walk around with a, you know, with an emptiness or something. And, and it can be hard sometimes to reach out or to admit when everything is going well, that at the same time, there's this crazy feeling of being devalued and devaluing myself. And then it's showing up in the external world as a mirror to my own action and in my state of mind. And so that was really the reason I felt I, Three months before the retreat, which is, you know, I signed up, I think the day after it came out, I, I filled it out. And within three days, I had the money and it was like, okay, I'm doing this. Um, but the closer it got, the more I got rational, whereas three months before I was just intuitive. But as it got closer, what can happen in, in, two, in a two hour session that's going to be so life transforming? Whereas before I just had a sense that I'm going no matter what. And I, I was there, maybe for me, it will not happen, you know, the closer I got. <laughs> and it took a morning session and an afternoon session. And it's amazing because it, it's like, I, I feel that I'm not the same person. You may see me as the same person, but internally, I'm still feeling the difference. There's an expression, um, the, the difference that makes a difference when you feel a difference, then you're changing. And I'm feeling that internally, I'm a different person. I'm just somebody else. I'm still getting used to who she is and what she does and how she does, but I am not the same person. So it was life transforming in, in a sense in a very short time. And that is due to the context and the setting, the, you all, um, your process, your love, your dedication. Uh, your, your fierceness, Morgana. Thank you. You mentioned location, not, not to take away from me. Like I, I love, I love the acknowledgement. Thank you. Um, but the reason I am honing in on location first, because we have an audience mm -hmm. and we are talking a little bit about San Miguel and you brought up the question very, very early on, why do I do the retreat in another country when it would be so much easier to do it in the United States? Did you get your answer? Oh, absolutely. I mean, again, from a logical, comfortable place, why don't we come to Sonoma County where I live? It's beautiful. We can find a retreat that's amazing and you'll all have a wonderful experience. But what I, I was in a different culture. Everything was different, the language, the senses. So all my senses were not, there was a pattern break, right? Because yes. everything was different. And so that allowed me to, um, to, to, to have a different experience. And then when my spouse arrived, was like the integration. I was the tour guide. I mean, although we did take a tour guide, she was amazing. We took her three days in a row, two hours every morning. We walked 
all of San Miguel with her. She's fabulous if you ever go back. Um, but he, I became the tour guide and I was showing him, but it was like as I was integrating everything that I had gotten was integrating as I was going with him through San Miguel. So it was just, um, it was amazing. I'll say again. <laughs> the integration period is really, really important. That's why I was so happy that you all took my advice and didn't go home right away. Uh, it's, it's really important to just take a breather for a couple of days after all the heavy lifting uh, to let it start to filter into your regular state of being so you can take that home with you. Devin, do you have something to say? I always have something to say. Okay. Um, actually, from what Anna was just talking about, I remember interviewing a guy, and this was years and years ago. Um, I interviewed a man called the Wizard of New Zealand, and he had a passport to prove it. Like that was his <laughs> that was his legal name, and he was very clear to say that he had uh, degrees, advanced degrees in wizardry uh, from both uh, the University of Auckland and New South Wales, uh, Australia. And, uh, um, you know, he was a very interesting guy. We had kind of like a local nut. Um, And at the same time, a really like beloved figure uh, in Christchurch, New Zealand. And so when I was interviewing with him, uh, he was talking about travel and why people should travel. And more specifically, why people should travel internationally. And, you know, he talked about this idea of stepping off the plane and really having no basis for anything. You don't have any kind of built-in logic that you might do in your hometown or your home state or your your general region that, you know, and when you land and you're walking out of the airport, uh, you have to have a certain degree of trust of going anywhere because it's really, you don't know where anything is. And, and then you, you know, you don't probably don't have the money. You don't speak the language. You uh, don't know where the market is, where the toilet is, where the shower is. And so you have this experience and the way he, the way he put it, and he was kind of talking about the the notions of backpacking. um, But it was sort of like this idea that once you go out into the world, into a place that is absolutely foreign to you in every way, where you don't have friends, you don't have like a sort of like a, a, a comfortable um, uh, a safeguard against anything, like you're just going into this place blind to some degree, and you have to have trust, and you just have to kind of roll with it. Whatever that thing is, you have to kind of roll with it. His his the way he looked at it was, is that secretly you are telling yourself you can do anything. You can go anywhere. You can be anything. You can do anything because you here you are walking through these, these places that it's not home and it's nothing like home. Um, and so that's one of those things. I mean, I've personally been to Mexico 50 times. Um, and so I, at this stage, of the game have an absolute love of the country as a whole. Um, And it's just one of those things. Like every time I've gone to Mexico, there's a point where it's like, I'm going to have to just really trust, cross my fingers and find out where stuff is and be willing to say yes, no, thank you. I mean, fortunately, my Spanish is a little bit better, Um, but I had to, you know what I mean? Like you have to go try it out. 
and risk saying thank you and and trying out the new language and being polite, even though you may be uncomfortable and maybe strange. So anyway, and, that's my thought on, yeah. you know, sort of like the larger international and travel I'm thing. thinking that I did everything that I could to make it not scary, to make sure you have friends, to make it easy. And then we had that hotel. <laughs> we we still joke about it, my spouse and I. <laughs> well, you had an extra bed partner. I did. My spouse? No. The, 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 no, no, the uninvited bed partner. Right. I know. Are, are, are you wanting me to tell the story? Sure, go ahead. I mean, I, I wasn't going to, but I had, <laughs> because I had it'll a... scare off anybody in the future. This has never happened before. It'll never happen again. It was your, it's it was supposed to happen powers. for you. Exactly. Yes. My magical powers. The day that I did my work, the full day session, the end of that day in a specific timing that was amazing. The thoughts I was having at that moment in my head a little baby scorpion ran up on my bed and showed up next to me. Thank God there was a towel between me and the scorpion and just stood there. And I leaped out screaming. Clearly, I didn't sleep that night in the bed or slept at all much that night. Christine, I knocked on her door at 2 a.m. Or Christian, sorry, I, I knocked on her door at 2 a.m. and slept next to her with my clothes on in her bed. <laughs> um, but the significance of it was big. Um, and um, yeah, it's scary to have such powers. <laughs> what was the message? The message was move, move, <laughs> get a move on, on your life. So it was move from the room. It was move with my spouse. It was move in my life. It was just get move. And that and and if and this I needed a scorpion in order to tell me, you know, to give me a huge kick in a butt. Okay. And so for anybody listening or watching, we do not provide Scorpios. <laughs> You're gonna have to bring your own because I'm not I'm not gonna provide Scorpios for like yeah. <laughs> anybody on my retreat. Ah, <laughs> oh, that was that was crazy. And it was also really wonderful to like be in on the process of working through what it means and how to use it and then see the breakthrough on the other side. Yeah. Yeah. Christian, did you ever get the stopper for your tub? No, I never did. What I ended up doing is improvising using a plate and then a weight on top of that plate. (laughs) But, but it's still, the water kept still going underneath the plate. So what I did was I, I sat in the tub, I put my bubble bath all over me, like, you know, liquid soap. And then I had the shower pour down on me because my money, honey, wanted me to enjoy a bubble bath. So I did the best I could with creating bubbles in a bathtub. Fantastic. Can I comment on something Devin said? Because when you were talking about your travels through Mexico, I got very profoundly related this trip to how courageous I have become in my life with all of the tests, as Morgana called it, um, because I did not have the money to sign up for this course there. I didn't have anywhere close to the amount of money I scrimped. I saved. I pulled every uh, bit of 
financing I could from every source I could, and I still didn't have the rest of it. And I still came up with it somehow. And then that windfall happened. That was the, the faith part of it. But then I'm also reminded that when I was on my layover in Monterey, Mexico, waiting five hours for the next flight, and assuming during a layover, I could just sleep on the chairs, except there were no chairs in this airport. And all we could do is sit or lay on the concrete. And I kept listening for English so that I could communicate with somebody about where am I supposed to go? And there was no English. And I just kept reminding myself, you chose this. You chose it. Be happy about it. Find what lessons there are for you to learn and learn them. And I did. I kept finding people that could help me. I just kept reaching out. And then lo and behold, when I found the right line to wait in, the guy behind me lives 20 minutes away from me in my home from my hometown and spoke beautiful English, introduced me to his wife. They took me under their wing until the airplane took off. So again, I was taken care of. And I just have to keep reminding myself that it will always be so. All I have to do is take that first step let the universe know that I am very clear on what I want. And if you want this for me, you're going to have to provide the means to help me. And that keeps happening. And I was not this type of person in, you know, just a few years ago, I've grown so much. And this experience helped me to make a huge leap in that direction. Thank you. You said something when I was interviewing you before the retreat, when you were applying to be a member that kind of sold me on you, which was, you said you were going to make it happen. You didn't know how (laughs) most people say things like, well, if such and such happens, I'll come. And I know that it's not, that those aren't my people, because that's kind (laughs) of making yourself the victim of circumstance. And when I heard the conviction of you're going to make it happen, and you don't know how I knew, I knew you were going to come. Yeah, because I had even decided I would sell funds from my IRA if I needed to, even knowing I'd have to pay taxes and penalties and everything else is like, you know what, I'll do that just so that I can pay the expenses and, you know, the money will come to pay to get the IRA funds back. I was just, it's, it's and it like, did, right? Yeah, it did. I, I truly did not know where it was going to come from. And I just kept having ideas. Oh, well, maybe if you try this, okay, that didn't work. Okay. Let me try this. And eventually enough ideas worked that I got you the money that I told you I would give you because I was bound and determined to be on that experience. I was not going to sell myself short of missing that experience. That was it. Yeah. No, go ahead. I I just think what you're saying, Christian, is such a big thing because many times in the law of attraction, it's like you just, you're going to just align energetically and it's going to happen. And it's like you create an intention and then you put the work in. And I love when you said, I had an idea, which is an insight, right? So you try that. It doesn't work. You have another one. You just keep going until the right idea is going to take you there, but you keep the intention all the time. That's such a different way of thinking of the law of attraction and manifesting 
than just hope, you know, manifesting and it will happen and then feeling really awful when it's not happening, but you put your love into creating it. And when you love something so much as you did coming to the retreat, then you find the way. And I, I just heard it in your description now. Thank you. I've always related really strongly to something that Edison said that, you know, he failed in creating the light bulb more than a thousand times. And he was asked, you know, how did you keep the faith to keep doing it? And he said, there is no such thing as failure as long as you keep moving forward and having tried it and tried it and tried it. Eventually you will succeed. And I really took that to heart the first time I heard it. And I've used it over and over to keep reminding myself. He says, even I found if it's like 100, then he said, I just found 99 ways how not to do it. Uh Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So Anna had a scorpion. Christian had the cement floors (laughs) of the Monterey airport. And honestly, I think I've actually slept on that same, that same <laughs> airport floor. Um, Lucy, was there anything in particular that, that was sort of like your thing that kind of resonated with you on this trip? So much of it resonated. And I will have to think about what I can say. Uh, you know, I didn't have a scorpion. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Not everybody's so lucky. Right. But I mean, I guess what really stands out for me is, uh, I mean, so many things do, frankly, but of all, you know, uh, this, the session with Morgana, which was with, of course, uh, Christiane was there and so was Anna and you were all supporting me, but where I got to with that and uh, being able to go back, uh, not just through this lifetime, but in, in trying to go, went to another lifetime and ending up, I think, in the 1200s and really finding for me what I felt was my archetype, who I am, you know, and seeing it so clearly and then uh, finding, uh, you know, it could be your soulmate or your, uh, your uh, love honey or whatever, or whatever, finding that and being able to make it across that bridge. I mean, that was what was unique for me. I think, I mean, or special, it just stands out as a golden memory. And then, you know, the next morning Morgana said, you should go for a walk with your uh, money, honey. And of course that was hard to do because I'm not a morning person. I think it was either raining or about to rain. And I went to the beautiful park, which is, uh, what was it called? The park. Juarez Park. Park. What was it called? Parque Juarez. So beautiful. It just connected us to everything and filled with art and sculpture. Remember the bird. And then I walked and there was this bridge. I went, oh, that's the bridge, you know, that I saw in my dreams and when I went with you, when you took me there. So they just, it was an incredible trip. And the park itself was incredible that connected us you know, when, for all the trips we had to make to the Rosewood for various reasons, right? <laughs> anyway, that's just one thing. The other thing was the time, I mean, I did, I did, re- I, it rained a lot there. And, the, you know, it must have been Monday night uh, when I uh, was going back to my gorgeous room, which was like the Romeo and Juliet honeymoon suite, which I was so lucky to have. And I uh, tripped on a step 
and then went hydroplaning on the top. I mean, you know, I thought I was going to have to have a wheelchair together, but luckily the next morning, I, after a whole bunch of ibuprofen, and everything, I was able to walk. And that's when I did, uh, well, that wasn't the first time. I, I mean, that was, no, that's, it wasn't the time I was just talking about, but I walked by the park Juarez and went to the Rosewood and I was okay. So that. You were walking miles and miles and miles every day. That's and like what we did is etched into our souls, I think, because of that. I mean, it's a metaphor for what we did. So mm-hmm. I, I don't uh, regret it or regret it a bit. I mean, it just was, it was part of that whole soul experience, I think, that, you know, then was capped off the last night when Devin did his magic, which that was another thing that, I mean, that you gave me, like, who knew? I mean, (laughs) who knew? You said, who knew I was a witch? You told me I was a witch. (laughs) And uh, just uh, getting into all that stuff has been really great, too. I'm curious. Oh, go ahead, Anna. I I, I just want to say I also had butterflies. You know, it's so easy to get focused on a scorpion because it's so dramatic. The following day, as I was changing, as I was thinking certain thoughts that were in a much better direction, we were walking to lunch and a beautiful orange butterfly just showed up and followed me for a few seconds and then landed and drank some water as I was walking by. So it it was magical in many ways. And so there were butterflies as well. There were lots of butterflies, especially when you were taking your photos, which were gorgeous. Yeah. You, there were always butterflies around trying to get your attention. Yeah, definitely. So, so transformation was there and scorpions are about death and re in, in rebirth as well. So, you know, as our butterflies. Exactly. So interesting. In, cl- in case it wasn't subtle enough, right? right. <laughs> uh, would anybody else like to share anything about your experience exchanging your money monster for your money, honey? I just remember, I remember that I don't remember the process I went through in revealing those deep, dark places that I couldn't find on my own, they're gone. I remember the, the trauma of them. I remember a lot of crying, but I don't, re- thank goodness, I think, I don't remember the specifics. I, I just let them go. What I do remember is I, I felt like I was climbing out of a pit. It felt like I was physically moving myself, um, propelling myself out of this deep, dark place. And when you told me I could meet my money, honey, and I saw him so clearly, and I was at my very favorite place in the world on Kanapali Beach in Maui, seeing him way in the distance and coming towards me and being the only focus of my attention. Um, not, not being like physically gorgeous, but so present. So I I had no eyes for anybody else. And he was the same for me. And I, and I, I still remember this part. All he wants for me is for me to see myself through his eyes. Mm -hmm. 
that was such a magical gift. And you can still hear it in my voice that it touches me. That somebody loves me that much. And his whole being is about having me love myself that much and make the choices in my life that prove and show that I love myself that much. Um, that was such a tremendous enlightening experience. And I, and I haven't lost it. I, I won't. He's with me every day. I can ask him whatever questions I want. And he has an interesting kind of a, a British sense of humor. He's got a dry sense of humor sometimes. And sometimes he'll tell me, it's your choice. Do what you want. And then I'll ask him later, well, why did that happen? Well, you asked me this. If you'd asked me another question, I would have answered you differently. So he's teaching me how to work with him. Awesome. Because awesome. he's he'll give me whatever answer I want. But if I don't ask him the right question, you know, like if I don't ask him, how is how do I make the most profitable decision instead of how do I make the the decision for my highest good. Well, the highest good might mean I need to learn a lesson, but the one for my most profitable, maybe I don't have to learn that lesson. Maybe I can go ahead and and bypass that lesson for the profit. Mm. And again, like you said, it's my choice. So what if you were to ask, what would be the most profitable path that also serves my highest good and happiness. And he's telling me I have many choices in front of me and he wants me to evaluate what kind of happiness that I really want. I can look at a happiness that is my highest calling, like my life purpose happiness. I can look at happiness from the perspective of happiness in various relationships. And I can look at happiness, like how do I bring the most to the planet? Where, where's my focus going to be? And the answers are different depending on where I want to put my focus and attention. So I'm curious, little time out here for coaching questions, but so is it an either or, or is it a, what is first or what? That's what he was telling me. Where do I want to put my focus? So my focus can be in any of those places. They're all going to bring me happiness and joy. And perhaps they're going to be moving at various times of my life because they're all me. They're all part of me. Yeah. Cause I don't believe so much in like killing any of your children, like, your calling or your profitability or relationship, but you might schedule them at different times so you can focus on this. And now that this is doesn't need all that attention or the same degree of attention, it's got its own momentum. Now there's room to focus on this other thing. Yeah, I totally get that. I've, I've found that when I put my focus and attention on one thing at a time until it is at least almost complete, then I can go ahead and turn my attention to something else. But I, I personally don't do well if I scatter my focus, trying to do three or four things at once, then nothing gets done well. I'd rather go ahead and focus on doing something to my best, the highest of my ability, 
until it's um, very close to being completed. And then when I'm just shy of it and know that it's going to succeed on its own momentum, then I can go ahead and turn my attention elsewhere. And it sounds like your money honey knows that about you. My money honey knows me better than I know myself. Uh, so, so, so it looks like we're, you know, we're closing in on the end of time, but I want to make sure that um, our audience knows how to get in touch with you. Like if you have a website, a business address, some kind of a thing where, you know. And you all can... of that will be in the show notes. Oh, right. I want the audience to know you and love you and follow up with you and buy from you and all that. So let's start with you, Anna. Where where do people find you? So like my name, my website is AnnaGatman.com, which is A-N-N-A-G-A-T-M-O-N.com. And why should people follow up with you? So if you see yourself as a change maker, you have a cause that you really believe in, whether it's privately in your relationship or as a parent or an activist, a social entrepreneur, then um, then 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 you can contact me because um, I'll I'll help you turn your cause to your spiritual practice and support you with self care, with um, staying dedicated and passionate about your cause. So that's that's my new focus, and I love that focus, and that's why I also loved San Miguel because. It was both spiritual and material. It answered both of those. The street art had spirituality. It had social action in it. It had everything. And that's also, if I can say, the retreat, when you say that goddesses, you know, they take bubble baths and they eat well. It's like sometimes we we, we think um, social activism is one, politics is one thing. Um, good food is another thing, you're materialistic or, or you're a foodie. And what you gave us was a holistic experiencing that was fulfilling spiritually and gratifying materially. And that is why I love both San Miguel and, and the retreat. Thank you. Thank you. I, I, I just, I have to respond because there's a lot of notions of femininity out there in the world that drive me kind of nutty where feminine is just, you know, softness and bubble baths and you go goddess. Ick, ick, ick. (laughs) Goddesses are also ferocious and leaders, (laughs) warriors and, and hunters and lovers and all of us. And, and that's what, that's what you bring Anna. Yeah. Is the full spectrum. Yeah. And and I had Kali show up in my in my process. And I'm still, I ask her and she shows up in a second. And she, there's stuff in my life happening. And she just goes, I eat you for breakfast and spit you out. That is her attitude. And it's, uh, she's very powerful and she's powerful in me. Thank you. Uh, just checking to, okay, we have about two minutes. Um, and now I've lost my train of thought. Uh, so how about, how about we go to Christian before we go to Lucy? Yes. Christian. So, so um, right now I have a new business that I started and the website is still under construction and is but not the currently URL working. Is great. But the URL that you can see is under construction is www. 
whatsyourlifepurpose.com. And it's what's like what's you are L-I-F-E purpose.com. Great. And, uh, and if they want to reach you well, it's, it's going to be up soon, but if they want to reach you right away, how can they reach you right away? They could reach me at my email address, which is christianecole.com, C-R-I-S-T-I-A-N-E, Cole, C-O-L-E.com. Okay. That's the URL? No, that's my email address. Wait, it needs an at. Oh, oh at yahoo.com. I'm okay. sorry. That's, that's, okay. that's fine. That's great. And Lucy, how do we, how do we reach you? Can you see that? <laughs> oh, I have to put it up there. That's, well, never mind. Uh, you can reach me at lucylacoste.com. And that's, that's, it, does that have your, uh, oh, I can't hear you? You can reach me through my website, lucylacoste.com. And how do we spell that? Uh, uh, the, it will, we'll have that in the show notes, but the, is that your art gallery? By the way, I love the ceramics that you're sitting next to. It's on your fireplace. We have to talk about That's really good. My yeah. grandmother did those. I'll share some of that with you. Okay, so I think we are out of time, which drives me crazy because I would love to spend a lot more time with all of you. Uh, so this has been another episode of Crazy Sexy Midlife Love with my husband, Devin, and me traveling the world, getting married 100 times in 100 countries, talking about love, talking about midlife, today sharing with you women that I love. And we will see you again next week at 5 p.m. Pacific time here again at Crazy Sexy Midlife Love. You can uh, join our mailing list and download Devin's amazing free ebook, Women Are Smarter Than Men. Yes, they are. (laughs) At crazysexymidlifelove.com. Thank you for listening to Crazy Sexy Midlife Love. Please sign up to join our free love family at crazysexymidlifelove.com to get alerts to live shows, call in and ask questions, or just listen in. And ladies, don't forget to download Devin's free ebook, Women Are Smarter Than Men and Other Secrets Marriage-Minded Women Need to Know. Also available at CrazySexyMidlifeLove.com